0: Is Adam? Welcome back to Bringing it, it Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieved stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with both Lapsley and Stephen Weston over Zoom video. Lapsley was born in York, but raised just outside Liverpool, and she talks about how she got into music, started playing classical guitar and piano at a very early age. I believe she was five years old. Around 14 years old, she'd go out to Liverpool and was in the rave party scene. At 16, she helped uh, throw some parties, and she also joined a band. When that band kind of fizzled out, she started writing her own songs with GarageBand and a cheap microphone, and one of those songs ended up going viral on SoundCloud. It was picked up then by BBC One, and she was offered a record deal with XL. Steven was also born and raised in the UK. He talks about how he got into music. Started off on the Oregon, which is interesting story there. And then he ended up moving to Spain when he was 18. 14 is when he started getting interested in DJing. 18, he got a residency in Spain. Did that for a handful of months before moving back uh, to the UK. He was in a band that did pretty well. They ended up getting signed And what's really crazy is a song they wrote 14 years ago just started getting some major traction on TikTok. I think he said it has like millions upon millions of views and plays, which is crazy. But he also worked as a sound engineer, a music director. He works with Uncle. He was in Ladyhawk for a while and he's just played with various artists. This is his first solo project and Lapsley is featured on the song like I used to they talk about writing together Lapsley uh, writes with other artists as well they kind of write together with artists so we hear about uh, how they both ended up meeting and all about the new projects they're both working on You can watch the interview with Steven and Latsley on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be so awesome if you subscribe to our channel and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're Bringing It Backwards with Lapsley and Steven Weston. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm doing well. Um, my name's Adam, and uh, this is about the both of you and your journey in music. I want to talk about how you guys met and then the, the record you have out, uh, which has both of you on it and other pro- various projects you have going on. Cool. Sounds Sweet. good. Sweet. Well, uh, Steve, how, 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 uh, how, where were you born and raised? Um,
1: I'm from... And how were you born? <laughs> no. Cesarean section
0: or
1: yeah. <laughs> aliens? <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Portsmouth on the south coast of England. Um, Bought up in the center of town in Fratton, quite um, a little rough part of town. But um, it was cool. And I lived there until I was 18. And then when I was 18, I moved to Spain and became a DJ. I got a residency in Spain when I was there on holiday and then left and then um, to the Mercia coast. And then I came back after six months because I was playing like Funky House and it destroyed my soul. So um, (laughs) (laughs) then I came back to Portsmouth, back in with mum and dad. And then I joined a band, started playing keyboards again. And then I moved to London when I was 21.
0: Oh, man. Okay. So did you start off on keyboards or keys?
1: Yeah, I started off on keys when I was about 11 and then kind of gave that up when I was 14 because it came, well, I would actually learned on an organ, which is kind of uncool in my school to be playing an organ. So when I got to like 14, puberty was really hitting in. I kind of gave it up um, and thought I'd get a set of decks because that was cooler. Oh, okay. So you you started off playing organ?
0: Was it like in the church or something? I mean, that's such no, a not not in instrument.
1: church, but not in church, but like a church organ. Basically, in my school that I went to, my junior school, this these music teachers came in and like gave a um, a demonstration, I guess, of like you know you can come and learn a musical instrument or piano. Well, they were it was piano, and then. I took this little leaflet home to mum and dad and was like, Can I go and have piano lessons? At first, I was like, Oh, I'm not sure. Because as all kids, I was probably doing, you know, like karate and then judo and then like mountain biking and then BMXing and then skateboarding all at once. And I was like, no, sure. Maybe not. And then, so I took this little leaflet home for piano lessons. And then after a couple of weeks, mum was like, Okay, all right, we can, let's do it if you really want to do it. And then, but all the piano lessons and keyboard lessons were fully booked. The only option they had was an organ. So I did that instead.
2: Oh, that so cool. I didn't know you were so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is cool. I mean, yeah. how much but, different but, is the organ from piano?
2: So
1: like, like, yeah, my, left, my left hand dexterity isn't as good as a pianist. Because when you learn how to play an organ, at least when you're learning, you keep your left hand very still. So you do all your chords with your left left hand and you usually do inversions. So like when I play a C chord, rather than going C, E, G, I go G, C, E automatically because that's how you do it on an organ because the the root bass note like, you do with your foot on the C. So it'd be C. Oh, interesting. And, foot, and then you go up a, an octave or two with your left hand and then you play the G, which is the fifth. And then... Third, oh, third. And,
0: okay. So like tr- when you started playing keyboard, was it hard to you know, transfer that knowledge over or was it Uh, fairly simple?
1: It wasn't too bad because I was just learning how to play Oasis. So that was pretty easy.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Awesome. And then you said you moved to Spain or you were, we went to Spain and ended up landing a DJ gig. So at 14, you, you started playing or you started DJing with turntables.
1: Yeah. Turntables like vinyl. And then as I got a little bit older, the CDJ came out and I got kind of like the, The basic kind of cdj whatever it was 200 or something i can't remember Mm -hmm. i know i thought it was super cool because it had a reverse button on it (laughs) (laughs) i played the song in reverse
0: (laughs) And how did you get the gig where you you just went in and said i know how to use this stuff like and i got a rad creator records like how do you land uh you know this this residency
1: um so i was there on holiday um and they were kind of like doing up this bar club whilst we were there, and um, the bar bit was still open, but they are building like the club bit at the back. It was already there, but they were like doing it up. They're like renovating it. Mm-hmm. So I was just talking to like the owners and like the bar staff and stuff, and they were like, and, I'm, and as towards the end of the holiday, I was like, "Well, have you got like a residence, like a resident DJ, like lined up?" They were like, "No," and I was like, "Well, I do it." Because we've become really friendly, and honestly, they were just like, "Yeah, okay." Didn't hear me DJ at all. Completely took my word for it. <laughs> um, I could have completely blagged it, um, but luckily, I thought I was a pretty good DJ at the time. Um, and then I came back home, and then, well, actually, before I came back home, while on holiday, we like went to an estate agent to, you know, try and find somewhere to like live in short notice. Mm-hmm. And then the guy was like, "Yeah, don't worry about it." I can get you a little flat, you know, around the corner, it'd be fine. It'd be cool. Don't worry about it. And then so, you know, took his word for it, young, naive. And then go home, tell my mum and dad, by the way, I got a gig. I'm gonna get a one way ticket to Spain. And they were like, Okay, all right. Sounds oh wow, good.
0: they did they're <laughs> all good with that. That's cool.
1: Yeah, they were yeah, they were pretty cool. Yeah, they were very like supportive. So and then we then came to Spain, went straight to the estate agent. And then like didn't really have anywhere to live.
0: <laughs> oh wow, like, the guy lied to you. Messed
1: up. Yeah, it was it was very bizarre. And then um, but my ex ex, 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 ex ex girlfriend who I went there with, you know, from my childhood from school girlfriend. Um mm-hmm. uh, her not her grandparents, like her great uncle or I can't quite remember now, lived there, which is why I went there on holiday to like see some of uh, the, to visit him, uh, okay. Like her, some of her extended family. So because we already knew someone there made things a little bit easier, but we didn't have anywhere to live. So we rang them and the first night we stayed in like their small like, apartment and the next day found somewhere to live and then started my... 4 days a week playing funky house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and
2: then, like somehow you became an incredible producer between coming in there and now
0: like <laughs> Right. Yeah, do you are you trying to learn how to produce all at the same time or was so, that, that started tonal, uh, something that started later?
1: No, so this was when I was 18, so I was meant to go to to uni when I was 18 to do music production. I'd already done 2 years at college to do music technology. Okay. Um, um so I took a rather than going straight to uni after college I just took a year out and Mm -hmm. then it lasted six months in Spain so I came back and then I got a full-time job in HMV which is a music store like it was a a big music chain and I was (laughs) I was the chart and vinyl buyer and this was like back in the day not too old not quite old school because I'm not that old and like in the 90s it was very like people would you know the the distributors would phone up the vinyl buyer on the phone right. and be like listen to this song, but there was a few small labels in the South Coast that played like I don't know, it was like happy hardcore. I can't remember. What it, was like, it was like kind of not my bag, but it was like dance music that was popular on the South mm-hmm. Coast. And they literally call me up and like play me a song down the phone. I felt so baller. I felt like <laughs> such like man in Japan. I'm like, yeah, we'll take three of those. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. You're like a tastemaker for the store. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah for, for was it Portsmouth or Southampton?
1: Portsmouth. Oh,
2: Portsmouth.
1: My like arch and e- 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 Nemesis.
2: No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's, that's the other city.: <laughs> That's
1: funny. <laughs> that's wow. so cool. That is so awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, before I, I get over to you, Holly, I have one more quick question for Steven. I want to know what that thing is behind you that says break in case of emergency
1: oh so that is a piece of art by someone called ben turnbull okay apparently um harry styles has one as well so that's kind of cool that but, is um, cool i've had it for years but it's yeah it says an emergency break glass oh, yeah, is there
0: a gu- is that a gun in there yeah yeah okay sure. that's what i thought i could i thought that's like what i could see the outline of
1: but then i wasn't 100 percent sure
2: is it a real gun
1: no, it's like a toy gun. Be, be okay. sweet if it was a real gun. no way spray painted blue. <laughs> That's awesome. That's an awesome piece of art. Thanks. Cool. Oh, All God, right. it's a fake that I made out of Invader. Sorry, Invader. But I made it out of Rubik's cubes. Oh, nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, uh, born and raised, Holly. Born and raised in York. Is that what I saw?
2: I, re- I was born in York, but grew up in uh, this little town, just north of Liverpool.
0: Okay. Tell me how yes. growing up there.
2: Um, re- small town vibes, um,
0: okay.
2: from the age of 14, I used to go out in Liverpool to the raves. I used to help put on parties and I, um, I joined a band and they were a lot older than me. And we made like ambient drone music. And that's where I started writing and producing.
0: What, you said you're of what, 14? Is that what you said?
2: Well, it all started at 14. Okay. Um, and then at 16 was like when the band started to get a bit of traction.
0: But at 14, you're putting together raves and parties?
2: <laughs> no, I was going out. Uh, oh, you're just going, going out. out gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I was out and going out. And then it wasn't until I was about 16 that I started to help put things on. Because okay. I had friends who got older in university who were like running disco nights and stuff like that. Um... So yeah, a bit of a wild child.
0: Yeah. And what was the first instrument you learned?
2: Um, piano and classical guitar was like five or six years old. Wow. Okay. And then um, that led on to like oboe and a bit of drums and now bass. So I can kind of play like everything to a medium level. <laughs> like,
1: okay. But, and, uh, but
0: yeah. at five years old, you were playing piano and, and classical guitar?
2: Yeah, not very well if I look back. But still. Um, but yeah, I was pretty, pretty tough.
0: Was parents. that something your, yeah, were your parents musical at all? Like, what, what how did no, you get in both those instruments?
2: Family. Yeah, none of my family. I guess I, um, I was just fascinated by music, constantly listening to the radio. So I, yeah, it just made sense to put me in for those.
0: Okay. And would you play in the band? You said you started putting on parties and then you were in a yeah. band. Were you the well, singer? <laughs>
2: um yeah singer and producer and kind of we well it was ambient drone music so it wasn't like a full band um okay. and we had lots of like chaos pads and pieces of equipment and like just running things through loads of weird guitar amps so it was a bit nutty okay um, but that wasn't really working and i didn't really feel like it was my vibe so I um created my own SoundCloud and put my own put my middle name Lapsley, and then uploaded some music that I just made on SoundCloud at home on SoundCloud on GarageBand and then Mm -hmm. that went viral and then that's and then I signed with XL and then Uh nine years later we
0: here we are yeah! Wow! Yeah. Wow! So you just put what? Like, how, tell me, walk me through this viral thing. So you you put the music up on SoundCloud and just not thinking anything of it, and then
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So t- how does how does the story go? I want I want to hear how this ha- this happened. This is so fascinating.
2: Um, yeah, it's pretty nuts actually. Um, so I put it on SoundCloud and it got a bit of natural traction. I think started with like local artists picking it up, and then I mean. One of the songs from that time, Billie Eilish talks about in like this Apple interview.
0: Like, oh my gosh!
2: Uh, one of the inspirations for like Ocean Eyes. So it was that kind of. It was like 2014, so it's quite a long time ago. Okay. Um, and then I also uploaded the music on this kind of player for the BBC Radio called the iPod the um, What's it called? Anyway, they have this system where you can, like, upload music and then they'll- Yeah, I've heard it. about
0: this. Yeah, like, you can upload it there and then somebody will sift through it and you might get yeah. put on one of the channels, right? They'll just put it, like, play it?
2: Yeah, like a board intern goes through That's it. That's so it, crazy. So they picked mine up and it went straight from regional to Radio 1.
0: Oh my god. And then I gosh.
2: on, like, the, like, Animax Hot Water Bottle on a Sunday night, which was, like, this iconic
0: yeah. Nice, yeah.
2: chill show. Six. Um, Six. yeah so it's pretty nuts that
0: is so, that crazy. Is so crazy like, like um, um just just, just having just like having a song like, a, a song a song a song like <laughs> that go from soundcloud to then you upload it to this thing and then it, it ends up on bbc one like uh what like what was your what were you thinking when you you see this go to to you know to bbc one are you like oh my gosh like this is so validating i need to keep doing this or like what's your thought
2: I think it was more intrigue. I don't think I'd gone through my life thinking that like music was an option. Um, mm-hmm. And, but it, but it was something that always made me happy. Um, yeah. I think I grew up, it was like, you know, academics is the vibe. And I, mm-hmm. and, and I suited that and that's what I was going to do at university. Um, but it's funny now. Cause I'm like, God, I could never do anything else. I, I am a writer. Like that is, and I'm, yeah, a nutty creative person. So it's really strange thinking about any other any other option um but yeah
0: so when that happens then the labels start reaching out I imagine right XL reaches out to you and says hey yeah. like we heard your song and like it's oh, on the radio yeah. and like what, what was, was that ridiculous? like
2: is it so my my emails it's funny because I made this stuff in GarageBand you know it wasn't like I, with like a 90 pound mic and I mi- <laughs> it wasn't mastered or mixed or anything I didn't know so it's it's funny Yeah, so they all started emailing me, and I was like, "Well, I'm in sixth form, like I've got exams, so I can't really come to London." Mm -hmm. So they all came to Liverpool, and like quite a few of them like met me outside college and took me for like a drink and like told me about things that they wanted to do, like you know, put out an EP or an album, whatever. So it was all all a bit surreal, and um, I think because my focus wasn't on music, it. Meant that I was quite balanced and I just waited. And then before I knew it, I had like multiple record deals on the table. And then obviously, one of the coolest, because I was like, oh, Jay Paul, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 um, but and signed a big publishing deal as well with Universal, which was kind of key to everything. Um,
0: okay. Because that what allowed you to write with other artists?
2: Um, no, that's that's later. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. So only couldn't... now do I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just in terms of like financial, like to be able to move to London and mm-hmm. obviously write the first record, you know, you need cash. And I wasn't um, a musician who was already from London with like rich parents and stuff. So <laughs> you actually you need to be able to take you into the city. You need like sure. a financial backing. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I haven't really looked back since.
0: <laughs> That's so crazy. And then are you concerned at all? Like when you have to put a record out now, like you're like, okay, this thing worked in the beginning when you really weren't, you were just doing it for, for fun, like to actually now like, you know, follow up with it. And now it's like a career and people are investing in you. Was that like something that you felt a lot of pressure with?
2: I think there's always that pressure, but I solved it by, um, for the past few years I've been writing for the people and Mm -hmm. focusing on that is like kind of, um, a career in parallel with the Lapsley projects. And to be fair, the more success there is with that, the less commercial pressure there is on my personal project and the happier I am. Mm -hmm. To the point where now like everything I do is on my terms and I'm not with Excel anymore and I'm releasing the next record with distribution and it's just so freeing Um, Mm -hmm. because I don't have to think about people putting money into me or how I'm perceived. It's just like... This pure expression, um, sure, complete opposite, like in the
0: beginning, like
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 and um, and then if times get hard, you know, I I write pop tunes for people, you know. So okay, and That's
0: when cool. did you start doing that? Like, what what was the first artist that you wrote with, or um, the first like hit you had with somebody?
2: I wrote a track with Matilda Mann that came out last year. Um, it's funny because you. It takes like a few years for it all to come out, and there's sure. a whole load of songs that I've written with artists in the last year that are going to be coming out this summer. Um, and then there was a big one that I wrote for Charlie XCX and um, Oh Wow, Jax Jones, which is called Out Out, where we sampled um, That's Cool. So yeah, it's a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. that's kind of how like me and Steve met. To be fair, is okay. through, um, Like writer producer duo working with artists.
0: So Stephen, that's how you were, you were writing with other people as well. Once you, what were, once you moved, did you move to London as well? Is that what you said? 21?
1: Yeah. I moved to London when I was 21, but not necessarily to be a songwriter. It was like, I was in a band called Soho Dolls. And um, we're all based in London. But then, then I started sessioning and playing keyboards, but then probably the last, um, I don't know, maybe six years or so. I went more started to get into more songwriting territory um but i used to mainly tour and actually engineer was my audio engineering like recording bands and studios and stuff oh interesting and then was was that because you went to college you went you said you went to university for that or you were going to school for that so i did music production Mm -hmm. um after my gap year i did study music production then i but then in my second year i dropped out because my band was signed so we moved to london but then from since now until that time when I moved to London, um, Soho was kind of like, we stopped. Although we just had a h- huge viral hit on TikTok. We've got like 76 million plays or something crazy. Really? Uh, with with uh, Soho dolls? Yeah, yeah. A song called Bang, <laughs> Bang, Yeah, it's, it's mad. The song is like 15 years old or something. It's like... Oh crazy.
0: my gosh. I'm, I want to talk about that real quick. Hold on. <laughs> That's crazy. So... Oh my God. <laughs> yeah isn't it's, that insane that's yeah, 15, oh yeah. okay so the song's 15 years old and what somebody found it and just did what a thing to it like tell me about this it's nuts
1: i don't know it just like just went crazy on tiktok however tiktok works i don't really fully understand it i guess <laughs> someone at some point was doing like a dance and then loads of other people started doing it with it <laughs> yeah complete like completely random completely random yeah i don't really fully know how because if i did know how then i would try and do it again but like with that
0: <laughs> what's the <laughs> so that happens then what are people going to like hey is the band going to get back together like, like like what is the you know correlation well, to that and
1: in, in you well so we kind of like the band kind of like stopped but maya the singer she kind of really is so at so she's actually just had a couple of tracks out um as so it was, but it's just it's mainly it's just her now. You know, she was the main songwriter. It was her band, really. Okay, um, yeah, but um, that's so crazy. Yeah, mad mad times. Yeah. Down
2: with you heard... the youth, huh? Down with the youth.
1: I know. Yeah, yeah, very bizarre. Yeah,
0: I interviewed this band that just got signed to, I think Warner. They're called the Walters, and they like they hadn't they were broke. They broke up in like in 2014, and then they had this huge viral TikTok moment with one song. And then it was like, they were like on a hiatus. Now, that, that, now they're back signed to Warner records because of TikTok and a song blowing up on it that they released in 2014.
1: Wow. Yeah. It's, it's not such a that.
0: weird, it's such a weird app.
1: Yeah. Very
0: <laughs> okay. So you had viral success with a 14 year old song, but anyway, <laughs> so you're in, you're in London and that was the project at the time. And then you were, I'm sorry, where'd you go from there?
1: So from there, the band was kind of like ending, and then, mm-hmm. um, it, then um, I started sessioning for Ladyhawk. Was kind of like my first kind of like step oh, okay. away from the band. So I played with Ladyhawk for years as a keyboard player, and then in between tours, um, I would engineer. So um, I got like a like a. I oh, know I was basically like sweeping the floor at Metropolis studios whilst on tour with Lady Hawk. But from working at Metropolis, i like learn, you know, like all the ropes in the studio, you know, I was like very at the bottom, like the assistant's assistant. And then kind of like, then I nearly, I wasn't quite up to the assistant level there, but then from there I moved on to other studios and then mm-hmm. in between touring I would yeah, go and record bands. I worked at Metropolis and Strongroom Studios, which is in Shoreditch, both in London. Pretty cool studios. Mm-hmm. Um and then, uh, and then during the Lady Hawk, I'd, i did like other bits of sessioning and played with um Charlie XCX, because I knew her since she was like 14, 15. Um, wow. I used to play we used to put on me and my friend Chaz. Well, Chaz used to put on these nights called Club Cool. And Charlie used to come and play when she was like 15 and her she would come with her dad and she would give me like the cdr for the for like the dj booth and I you know she would just go on stage and I would just put the cdr into the into the dj deck hit play. And the first song that she had was called, I want to be Darth Vader, which is what she used to come out to. Her. And it was so good. It was like, <laughs> bom, 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 bom. this huge, like electro clash beat came in she'd run on stage, just like going mental and everyone knew she was going to be a star. She was like insanely talented. She was so good.
0: That's so um, rad. That's such a cool story.
1: Yeah. And then as she got signed and stuff, I was in like, a, I think in a second band when, when she went a bit more electronic
0: mm-hmm. for a little
1: a short period of time and then then i played with I don't know, various other people and i played with mickey echo a guy from nashville um mm-hmm. for, i was his music director for f- quite a few years on both his records um and then i know loads of other people now mainly and then i joined uncle the band um which is james lavelle um which is quite a heritage band yeah i know the um, band you yeah, play, yeah you're
0: playing that band now
1: yeah yes yeah. so the wow. last yeah, the last record, the Ronin record. Me and James did that, just me and him. And we're wow. just, about, we're just about to start another record, probably like in June, July, I think. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So now, now I mainly juggle between Uncle, and then I was doing lots of songwriting and stuff, which is how me and Lapsley met. And mm-hmm. then now I'm not doing as much of that because my artist project is actually doing pretty cool. So now I'm just doing Uncle composition. And then, like, my artist project really. That's And, like, I'm still doing little bits of music directing. Um, But yeah. Okay. So,
0: that you guys, you two met through songwriting, then it sounds like. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. And tons of mutual friends because we're all in the same, same (laughs) scenes in East London. Okay. And then what you just
0: gelled together or you just worked well. And so you decided to just start working a lot more or like tell me about like the, how the relationship started and i mean you have your your records out steven and and Lapsley has a song on it or a feature on it and she was saying that you guys have other songs as well together
1: yeah so we met i used to have a studio in Finsbury park and i was doing like producing basically you like in a session i'll be there people come over to my studio work with an artist and then like top liner would come over and other musicians um and it was a yeah. studio. I love yeah. that studio. It was
2: so, so nice. Cool. Just, like, just like walls and walls of the most like incredible sense. I've
1: still got some of them in my oh. little
2: video now. Look.
1: Oh wow! <laughs> They're still here, <laughs> just in a smaller room now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but so yeah. Then, I'd love yeah. That. So you love, work
0: to... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
1: I love that. Um, I love that room, but then. I moved here. I've got this house in Forest Gate. So I decided to put the studio in the house. But um, yeah, me and, L- me and Lapsy just, it was like so much fun. It didn't feel like we were like, I don't know, it was just like the biggest fun ever. <laughs> I just be like sat at this like desk, just like jamming. <laughs> it was just it was yeah, it was, I think
2: like, it's like when we did sessions for the people, we always had like, because they were always late. Um, Um, I like to get there a bit earlier so we had like 45 minutes just us two before like making some starters and then we'd be like oh maybe we should work on this separately so
0: oh interesting (laughs) so you guys would be waiting for the artist I was going to come in to write with and then you'd come up with stuff and we are like oh we should just keep this for ourselves (laughs) we'll we'll pick this up later that's funny (laughs) yeah basically (laughs) wow okay so well I mean, the one song that you have on the record with with Steven. that's obviously out. But you have what more songs that are, you've worked on together, and where are those going to lay? They're
1: just they're kind of like, aren't you? Yeah, they're like with other kind of artists, I guess. Really, a like, lot oh, okay. Um, um, that we wrote with, but yeah, we wrote with quite a few, quite a few people, and. Sorry, my dog wants to get involved. Oh <laughs> hey dog. <laughs> um yeah, they're just kind of like they're kind of like sitting with other artists, I guess, at the moment, and then like a, a little bank in my folder. A bank, bank in my folder, folder in my bank, whichever way around it goes. <laughs>
0: sure, sure. So do you guys work together and work? So now it's like okay, we're going to come together and then work with this artist more as like a a package, or is it you you have a session and you're like oh maybe Lapsley come you should come you know jump on the session like how does that work?
2: Do, do you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's funny because I didn't know this. I knew that Steve was working on his own projects, and when I when we'd go into work for the people he'd play me some stuff. And I'm like, Oh, that's sick. Mm -hmm. And we had a session um, with an artist and obviously I was booked as like the, the top liner, Steve, like writing producer. And, um, and we came up with this song, which is basically like I used to, but with like a very different production. Um, And obviously, you know, there was like three pieces of the pie. We were like two thirds of the pie. And in the end, she was like, oh, that doesn't really suit like the direction that we're going in. so we were like,
1: <laughs> yeah, we, I was
2: like, yeah, we absolutely love this track. You're like, perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, me and Steve got together after and then we recorded the vocals, obviously all Steve's production and just like went for it in yeah so it, it it wasn't like originally set out to be for steve's project it was just something that we were doing together for another artist and then we pitched it
0: uh-huh. <laughs> i like that that's amazing very very cool well it's it's crazy what so you, what do you guys both have going on now i saw you've got a, a show coming up right steven
1: mm-hmm. yeah i have a show on the 25th of may my first solo show oh really
2: Oh my God,
1: where? Sorry, where? Yeah. At The Social in London on the 25th of May. Um, Yeah. I've never, I've obviously performed on stage hundreds and hundreds of times with other artists, but yeah, it's the first time it's just going to be me playing my own songs a little bit, a little bit nervous. Not going to (laughs)
0: lie. Okay. I was going to ask. So you're a little bit nervous. Do you have like a, like a general show idea planned?
1: yeah i'm kind of like working on it now for the next couple of weeks um it's it's more of a technological nightmare like I, as in like setting it all up for like one gig because i could go all in or i'm just i need to be careful where I, how much stuff i take with me on stage i think but i um, mean yeah, i'm just programmed now and am kind of like rehearsing and having fun with it um yeah but yeah,
2: be, Yeah, Steve, Steve doesn't just sit there at decks and press play, right? He has like all the analog synths, like he's got everything just popping. It looks like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, with like all of these different <laughs> machines. Um, absolute chaos but organized chaos. So it's going to be like a proper proper live show, which I is exciting. Which I love for electronic music. Mm-hmm. Um, I it reminded me of like Overmono's like live setup. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like lots of like live, um, analog shit. So yeah. That's
0: <laughs> incredible. That. That's awesome. What about you? What about you, Leslie? What do you have going on?
2: Oh, so I've finished the third record that's going to be coming out later in the year. So yeah. Keep your eyes peeled. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you both being here today. Thank you so much for doing this.
2: Thanks, man. Good
0: it. I do have one quick question for the both of you. If I can get an individual answer, that'd be awesome. If you uh, have any advice for
1: aspiring artists. Who wants do you want to go first or should I?
2: Um, yeah.
1: I think mine's going to be quite simple. It's just kind of like, just like go for it. Just like do it. I think I I'd, I'd kind of like work to music. But now I've just kind of like decided, you know what, I am just going to do my own music rather than like, I was like worked in the shadows, I guess. So I think if you just, if you like really want to be an artist, I think just try, just do it. My my first song that I put out, I just did it all myself. Um, Put out my own label and um, yeah, I think just kind of go for it. Just don't be scared. I yeah, love it. it. Someone will like it. Someone out there will definitely like it.
2: Yeah, and it's not about like expensive equipment. That's a really important thing. No.
1: Um, like
2: I, I made my first things with GarageBand, a single, um, like awful keyboard and a Samsung G Track, like ninety pound mic. Um, so if I can get signed to Excel off the back of that, then you know. And I don't have an uncle who works in the music industry. <laughs> um, but my advice I would say is actually have someone that you talk to that doesn't have a monetary involvement in what you're doing and whether that's another musician like a confidant or whatever that's like a family friend it's always have um yeah someone involved in the team that isn't um taking money off you so that you can keep like a balanced head and make decisions that aren't directly you know financial decisions not necessarily with someone who's invested financially with you